and welcome to Delusions of Grandeur. I'm Lady Naomi and we're here today with Chrissy Marie. And we're talking about... <laughs> we're talking about addictions and obsessions. And this is episode 35. It is, yeah. Wow. We're in our mid-30s now. Oh. It's all uphill from here. Trust me, it's all downhill from there. <laughs> all right. You go first. Okay. I'm not sure what I'm going to admit to <laughs> just yet. It's a safe place. It's it's fine. Um, so I am, well, I've recovered from my addiction from Pepsi Max because I was very addicted to Pepsi Max. Like you, I'm, you were. You've, you've not. To, yeah. You I'm, could never travel without it. No, no. And I'm talking like probably a liter a day kind of addiction. Oh, like, really? Yeah. It was, I, I love it. I love it. Then when I had COVID earlier in the year or a little while ago, (laughs) I actually lost my sense of taste and smell. And so it was the kind of the taste I lost it. So I, and I've switched over to soda water. So I still get the bubbles and and I've got my taste back now. Like that's all fine. But it was, I kind of went, it wasn't actually the taste of the Pepsi Max. It was the bubbles that I was into. Oh yeah. Yeah. So I I do love the soda water, the bubbly. You're addicted to, is that, are you admitting? Is that an addiction? Yeah. Yeah. I can admit I'm addicted to the bubbles. Well, you were addicted to, to soda stream there for a while before they did you dirty. I was, but then I had some surgery and I wasn't allowed to drink carbonated Mm. drinks for a while. And so, uh, I find I can drink more carbonated water than non-carbonated water. Mm-hmm. Uh, but no, I, I mix it up again now. I'm back. I'm back on it. <laughs> on back, the hard stuff. I'm back on it. The yeah. hard fizzy yeah. stuff. But I, and as a uh, teenager, I was addicted to Coca-Cola, mm. and I my day could not commence without a can of Coke. And I could tell the difference between Coke made in Sydney and Coke made in Port Macquarie. Oh, mm. wow! Really, really sick addiction, yeah. and. Uh, at some stage, I just went, I-, I don't want to do this anymore. Yeah. And stopped. Yeah. Just stopped. Cold turkey. Absolutely. Mm. I never smoked. Let's not drink. Not, I never smoked. Let's not talk about alcohol. Yeah. Um, But yeah. Mm. Okay. Sorry. Go on. I butted in. <laughs> it's, it's, it's who you are and what you do. You. <laughs> <laughs> it is. It really is. It's how our podcast works. Mm. So, <laughs> no. And I think probably an obsession and it's... Be, be, just again, who I am, I think, is is my obsession with being organised, and I can't look at colours and not put them in rainbow illogical order. I can't. Is that a word? It is now. Rainbow illogical. Yep, yep. That's is that like anthropological. <laughs> You're just showing off now. <laughs> so yeah, I I just have this yearning for things to be in order. So okay. I feel like that's an obsession. Is either. Look, just put things in chronological order, put them in numerical order, put them in alphabetical order. I don't care. Just just have some kind of order to the way you put stuff together. So what's the difference between an addiction and an obsession? Um, I think uh, for me, addiction is that literally you can't function. Like you, you're paralyzed by it and you're powerless in terms of being able to, to not do the thing or to do do the thing. Um, depending on on what it is, whereas for me an obsession is I I think it's almost a little bit of a it, it's for me seen as being a bit more healthy than an addiction, um, and and I think my obsessions are healthy. They're they're quirky, they're cute, they're adorable, they're endearing. Oh, she's just described herself. Yeah, whereas I don't see my obsessions as being 
you know, potentially hurtful or painful or damaging or that kind of thing, unless you're someone who just flies by the seat of your pants and doesn't like order. Um, <laughs> you're up shit <laughs> Then we have a problem. Mm. But, uh, yeah, I – and I guess I'm, I'm really lucky and, and, you know, talking about privilege where I've not had a, an issue in terms of substance addiction or alcohol addiction or – uh, you know any of the other addictions? I, I have a, I have an all or nothing personality. So I'll throw myself in to anything that I do and give it a hundred and ten percent. But then either I lose interest pretty quickly, or I can step away a bit, like yourself with your your cold turkey. Um, being able to just cut it off and go, no, this isn't this isn't working for me. Um, so I've I've never experienced sort of that addiction um well i think that's a personality trait i have in that i can just cut it off mm. and in in full disclosure i did have an alcohol problem in my uh mid 20s mm-hmm. to early 30s or maybe even mid 30s yeah um it was uh, specifically related to work mm-hmm. so there was a culture of alcohol at at my workplace at not in the workplace well uh, there was alcohol in the workplace but after work friday afternoon We'd hit the pub and then we'd hit the club and then we'd hit another club and then I'd get a taxi home uh, the following morning, mm. you know, and it, it went on like that for many years. Uh, I was thrown out of clubs for being drunk. I was nearly arrested one night when uh, the police were called to the Greek club because my wallet had been stolen mm. and I was attempting to make a report of a stolen wallet and they... Uh, they thought I was too pissed and were trying to take me away from my own safety. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, I, again, at some stage, just stopped. Mm. Uh, alcohol plays very little place in my life now. I might have a couple of drinks a year, yeah. if that. Yeah. Um, but back then it was, you know, I worked all week so I could get, stonk it on a Friday night and I'd blow my pay yeah. on, on my on my alcohol. Yeah. And it's funny you say that because my first proper adult grown-up job was at a telecommunications company and the drinking culture there, like I, I was 18 um, so I could luckily legally drink but it was, okay, it's Tuesday, we're going out for a reward and recognition night or we're going to have this dinner and there was literally like eight bottles of wine on the table and there was always the the office lady who always got stonked and then would drive home drunk like it was just this bizarre repetitive cycle that everybody was in and it was alcohol was there when we were celebrating alcohol was there when we were commiserating like alcohol was always there and it was it was you know obviously friday night drinks friday afternoon drinks to celebrate the end of the week but a lot of their midweek or their functions were held midweek <laughs> which then meant that it was it was perpetually there yeah. um and it was something that i'd not um grown up with in like with my parents i had a a grandparent who was a chronic alcoholic <laughs> um but and, and to the point where and it, yeah it's it's awful but my brother and i thought that my pop owned the pub in our small town because his car was always there. Ah, so little okay. old innocent ass just thought, oh, how cute. Like he's always there. So he must be the boss, right? Um, and mm. then it was only through our life that we learned, no, he's, he's a raging alcoholic mm. and, um, and he's there and, and he would drink to excess and then come home and, and beat up my nan. So um, mm. yeah, it, it was my, 
introduction to alcohol was not one where it's like alcohol's amazing. So growing up, it was alcohol's quite bad and, and bad things happen when, when people drink. And then to be a young adult in those sort of formative years where it was role modelled as we just drink all the time, and and it was you were poo pooed if you didn't participate. In oh, that it kind was of very thing. much it was very much that in my workplace mm. as well. You either participated in that it started lunchtimes on Fridays. Yep. You participated, or you were outcast. Yeah, yeah. There was something wrong with yeah, you if yeah. if you didn't. Uh, I remember the night that I. I had been, you know, drinking the the same process every week for for months, and then that night when I've gone, oh no, I just I'll go and I won't drink. I thought, what are these people saying? Mm. I, c- I couldn't understand the conversations yeah. and the the stupidity of it. Yeah, and it was like, oh, real light bulb moment for me. Yep. Um. Yeah. Interesting. But I've not ever had that same effect with drugs. I've never been exposed to drugs. Yeah. So I've never, and that's that's a good thing. That's a good thing, people. Yeah. Um, alcohol, you know what's in it. You know where it's made. Drugs, you don't know what's in it. You don't know where it's made. And that's part of the reason why I go, oh, no, I just, well, what is that you're putting in your body? Hmm. Whereas, oh, alcohol, I know what that is I'm putting in my body. Let's have some more. <laughs> I'm too much of a control freak to have ever done drugs. Um, but also... I think when I was growing up, there was that uh, the the case of Anna Wood where she'd taken an ecstasy tablet and oh, she yeah. died. Yeah, and that shocked the shit out of me as a, a girl growing up in a private school education. Um, you know, loving two parent family, all of these kind of things. You're like, shit, man. Like yeah. that. That and was really quite shocking. That's exactly right. Yeah. Um, and so I was, you know, scared straight, but. I was such a straighty 180 and I still am. Who am I kidding? I still am. Yeah, you so are. I never had a, a desire and I had opportunity, but I never had a desire to then take that leap and go, yes, I'm going to have drugs because mm. I, I didn't want to give up that control I had over my own body and choices and autonomy and that mm. kind of thing. And just as you say, you just don't know what the thing is mm. um, that you're actually putting to your body. So um, yeah, you know, I, and, and to this day, still haven't <laughs> still haven't done any illicit drugs. I'm on some hard prescription medication oh, to yeah. clear up my sinus, but like <laughs> that's that's the extent of it. So yeah. And so talk to me about some obsessions other than your um, ordered life. Yeah, dogs for sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, oh, yeah. I'm, I'm sorry I didn't lead with dogs actually. That should have been. So are they? They're really annoyed. They're listening straight off the bat. Yeah, Hunter will be very. Eleanor upset. and Hunter. Mm, yeah. yeah, yeah. But no, I, and I feel like that's an obsession because on on social media but also in life i i come to a complete stop when there's a dog <laughs> doesn't matter whether or not it's a, it's an old dog or a a scruffy dog or a you know prim and proper dog boy girl whatever i don't discriminate it's like even if it resembles a dog it could be a cat it could be a you know a bunny i don't mind but i'll stop and kind of go oh my god i'm I, I love your dog. Um, and so, yeah, I, I think that's a really healthy obsession. Um, but, yeah, that's <laughs> okay. definitely obsessed with dogs. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> How about you? Do you have anything like that where you're just like, OMG, I love? Uh, there's, I think it's probably to do with, well, I love photography mm. and I love all things photographic. Mm-hmm. Well, not really. I don't like sunrises because they occur <laughs> way too early in the day. Um, but, no, I, I like I like photography. I like collecting some things, but I don't think it's um, obsessive. Mm. I don't seek out um, sterling silver seven days a week. <laughs> How many you know? days a week is it? Oh, uh, you know, it might be 
it's infrequent. It's infrequent. <laughs> but okay. I, I love it, mm. and I'm interested in its manufacturing process and its history, mm. but I don't know that's obsessive. Mm. Probably an interest in history might be yeah, maybe a, a, an interest in books. I fucking love books. Mm. I love a good book. You have I love many. a bad book. You have many. I think it, that's kind of borderline obsession slash addiction yeah, is, is the maybe, book thing. Maybe, I, but I don't see anything bad in it. Okay. Except, you know, that time I kicked a pile of books and broke my toe. <laughs> Let's not go there. Your, your relationship with books is quite damaging. That's what I'm hearing. Oh, could be. <laughs> At least for your toe. Maybe we need to flesh books out in another podcast. <laughs> yeah. we, we do actually have a, an episode coming up where we, we will unpack that a little bit yeah, further. Yeah. So, no, I don't know that I have any really obsessive issues, although I do I, – I do – I think we mentioned this in um, Superstitions. I always put my right sock on first. Is that obsessive? (laughs) Is it obsessive to think about it? Yeah. Maybe thinking about it is the obsession and doing it is the addiction. Yeah. I don't know. I know. I mean, I think it's it's healthy and the the whole – line the boundary between an addiction and an obsession and and even into things like obsessive compulsive disorder and and that kind of thing um you know and and this episode that we're doing is quite a light-hearted look at addiction and obsession mm. and, and that kind of thing but we don't want to you know diminish the the impact both you know negative and and otherwise in terms of other forms of of addiction and obsession and, and obsessive um behavior or disordered behavior yeah, and we're coming from it from two chicks sitting talking as opposed to either of having a medical degree we That's are the, not medical people yeah and no. as we already said we're lucky or fortunate in the fact that we haven't really had oh totally a, yeah addiction issues or, yeah. or you know those obsession issues in in our world mm. um but that's not to say that and i think in the spirit of our podcast it's all about starting the conversation and it's all about being able to reflect on your own life and go okay is this thing that i do all the time or this thing i think about all the time is that is that on the healthy side of the fence or is this maybe something that I do want to look into a little bit more and maybe talk to someone about? Uh, yeah. Some people do have it, have addiction. Some people do have addictions and keep them hidden. Yeah. And we don't know it. No. And, and I, actually I do have a question for you. Often on the media, it's touted that some men have a sex addiction. Uh-huh. Is that real or are they just being blokes? Oh, see, I, I disagree with the premise that they're just being blokes um, because I kind of go, as genders, as humans, we have autonomy over and, and full control over who we are. Um, I put it down a little bit to they've they've been indulged. And so for me, sex addiction is kind of, it's this guy who just can't get his hand off it or someone who's perpetually self-pleasuring or, or that kind of thing um and and i kind of go look just get some hobbies eh? like get get a hobby work harder at work like because there's more to life that's exactly right yeah, don't yeah. get me wrong broaden I, your horizons i love sex like that's awesome um but i i have other shit to get done during the day <laughs> without going sex 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 like it's kind of like wake up you know take the dogs out you know prep for work do my eight hours of work get dinner sorted great you know maybe have a, a look on the telly, whatever. Um, I, I'm not constantly thinking about it or having to engage others to 
to kind of get their view on it or to to get riled up about it. Just to talk about it. That's the thing. And Mm, I think that's probably the the differentiating factor or the difference because there's been a couple of celebrities who are like, I've got sex addiction and, you know, they're visiting multiple prostitutes or they have like, you know, multiple partners and that kind of thing. So it's that active like that's for me, it's the active. Um, I think that it's probably more of an obsession if it's something you're constantly talking about. Um, if you're like, you know what, I, I wake up in the morning and I'm, I'm going to, you know, self-pleasure and then I'm going to message someone to let them know that I've self-pleasured and I'm going to ask if they've self-pleasured. It's kind of like, dude, like again, just dude or, or chick, just get your hand off it for five minutes. Like go find something, Do something else. else. <laughs> that's, that's exactly right. Mm. Be productive with your time. Don't, you know, it's nothing to be ashamed about in terms of, you know, self-pleasuring all that kind of stuff, but it's... But it's a very narrow existence. Oh, it is. There's like, again, there's a big wide world out there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like heaps of shit going of on. That's it. And either better yourself, you know, we've spoken about education and that kind of thing. Like read a book, educate yourself about something and by all means then go have, have a toss off before you head to bed. Sure. But the fact that if your entire world is built around that... I kind of go, you need to talk to somebody about that to be able to put some mechanisms in place and to to really have a, a bit of a look at yourself and go, what are you doing and what do you hope to achieve and what do you want your legacy to be for the world other than this kind of sex pest that always had their hand on it and, mm. and wouldn't leave people alone. Mm. Um, so I, I just think, yeah, it's it's how do we – or how do you kind of put a handbrake on, on your behaviour and go – oh, maybe this isn't actually helping me. It's not helping my relationships. It's it's a very shallow kind of existence if I'm just about this one thing. Well, there's an interesting aspect. When do you know that you've got an obsession or an addiction? What What is it? What causes you to go, oh, hang on, let's just stop for a minute? I think it can – there's probably not heaps of people who are totally – um, self-aware or at that level where they're enlightened enough to be able to, to turn the, the mirror in or the lens in and, and look at themselves. So often it's other people and it's other people's reactions. Some other people might actually say to you, you've got a fucking problem. And so that's kind of the tap on the shoulder. Sometimes we can deflect that or get defensive if in the heat of a moment or in an argument, it's something that gets brought up, but there's always that just little bit of truth to it. So I think that um, if it's something that you feel embarrassed, ashamed, um, that you hide, that you um, don't want to admit to with other people, there's probably something more into mm. that to go mm. or, you know, and, and it's, you know, things like the the sexting or the dick pics or that kind of thing. If if that was then shown to everybody, if it was shown to a broader audience, would you still think that's okay? Like could yeah. you control yeah. your impulses to be able to not do that if you knew it was going to be exposed in a public forum or would you be able to control those impulses? Like, and, and again, I think that's the difference between that addiction is being able to flick that switch. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I think, again, for me personally, in my own personal experience or my own personal opinion, I feel like often it's someone who who loves you, who is very connected to you saying, this is not working for you or this isn't working for me yeah. and, and maybe we have a problem. Yeah. Yeah. How about you? What's your... I think we need to talk about dogs. <laughs> Stage an intervention. I think you've got an addiction. I think I think we need to talk about it. Yeah, all the time. Yeah, funny, funny, like story. Just to digress, I was um, visiting my my brother, and he has a beautiful dog. And um, there was a there was a throwaway comment around like, "Oh, he can come and live with you." And I was like, "You know what? 
I'm I'm in for a penny, I'm in for a pound now, really. So it's like <laughs> I've gotten my second dog and I've got that across the line. So I almost feel like, you know what, why not? Let's go three dogs, four dogs, five dogs. Like oh. we've <laughs> Yeah, it's not like kids where you need a bigger car. No, no. To get an extra seat. <laughs> or they cost more to take on holidays because you've got to have that suite. That's right. Yeah, okay, go the third dog. Yeah. Sorry, Pete. Yeah, no, I yeah, no, I, I think he's been very understanding mm. and, and he loves the second dog, but it was a big risk to be able to just kind of go, no. This is mm. this is going to happen, but no. So there'll be no third dog anytime soon. But I'm going to continue to obsess and think about it. And I always look at the beautiful rescue dog websites and adopt a pet, pet rescue, RSPCA. Um, I know she's so cares. So I know I know all of the rescues, and I look at these dogs, and sometimes I actually cry when I like look Aww. at the dogs and read their stories because I just want to help them all. But then there's things like they, they can't be with other dogs or they can't be outside of a certain geographic area. And, and it just really narrows the funnel in terms of the availability of dogs. And, mm. and I just want to help them all. So I do try and help in other financial ways in terms of donating to, to charities that help dogs out because I can't physically have all of the dogs living at my house. So See, yeah. is, it, is it an obsession when the person you're talking to, their eyes just glaze over? See, it's... I. When you're talking about dogs. And I can't help that you're like a cat person. It's very, like, it's a little bit like Ford and Holden. And and if there was, like, <laughs> if there was anything I could do to help shine a light on your disorder of loving cats more than dogs, I would I would help you with that. I'll give you that gift. Well, I, have, I have contemplated a dog. I, I have. I have a huge yard and I have contemplated a dog. Yeah. Uh, but they don't pick up their own shit. No, but they're really, they're really happy to see you. A cat's just kind of so like. So is the cat? No, he's not. He's like, bitch, get my dinner. Oh. <laughs> and he's like, well, I want a second dinner and a third dinner. He, and that's. He's <laughs> that. It's open the door. Close the door. Open the door. Let me in. Let me out. Let me out. Let me in. Yeah. No, no. whereas dogs are just like, oh my God, it, it's classic Doug in Up where he's like, I have just met you and I already love you. Uh, see, I don't know what you're talking about there, but I think there's a movie reference. There is. It's a Disney Pixar movie Aww. and it's adorable. It's all about dogs where they have these special um, collars on where they can talk and people can understand okay, them. Yeah. And it's been written with such love and care and attention, obviously by dog people. Oh, they just, my eyes just get blazed it. Over again. They Sorry. just get it. So if you have not, as, as any grown up person, if you have seen Up and you love it as much as I do, <laughs> please share it. Share your love on the socials if you have not seen it please do yourself a favor and find it on any streaming service or wherever you need to go to find the movie up because it's life-changing it's just is it cartoon yeah 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 it's so beautiful it's about an old man who he's lost his wife and then there's a a plucky little kid who kind of tries to get his um, little scout badges and the old man's not interested. So it's like this intergenerational relationship, grumpy old man, plucky young kid. It's got dogs. It's got adventure. Is there a cat in it? No. No, there's a big bird, um, but yeah, no cats. Do people have birds anymore? You know what? On our local like by um, community page, there's always lost birds and they're very clever birds that can like dance and sing and stuff. They go missing heaps. And I'm shocked by the number of people who are losing their birds, but also by the number of people who actually have birds. Uh, I, yeah, but like when I was growing up, everyone had a budgie or a canary. You're right, it was like dog or cat was yeah. budgie or canary. Yeah. And now I don't see anyone. No, there's no one in my street with a bird in a cage. No. And no. I, Is it native birds? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no. Welcome. 
as a parent, I've never given my kids a bird as a pet because as a kid, I was always the one who found the bird deceased in the bottom of the cage. So I have some trauma issues there that, yeah, that mean I yeah. just can't do birds. I'm actually really surprised you can keep dogs alive because you're not real good with fish either. No, well, as the universe would have it, I'm really lucky that, um, you know, they say like start with a plant and if you keep that alive, then you move to a dog. And if you do that, then you can have kids. It's like I just started with the kids and I managed to keep them alive. Like they've they've reached maturity, which yeah, is awesome. Yeah, but you struggled with plants for a while, didn't you? I, I still kind of do. Um, dogs I've always been able to keep alive. There's mm-hmm, no worries mm-hmm. there. So it's like working backwards, I'm winning. It's just goldfish. Oh, my God. I can't do <laughs> I think we touched this on like our pets episode. Yeah. I can't do goldfish. And plants, I have a, a complex relationship with plants. Some you can. I've grown lettuce from a little cut, it, cut off of the lettuce I bought in the store. Mm-hmm, I've mm-hmm. got this beautiful, big, you know, lush thing of lettuce because yeah. lettuce when I started the process lettuce costs like $12 a bunch and now it's back to $2 and yeah, I'm like absolutely. yeah great I'm glad that I invested all that time in grandma well see so this is this is the <laughs> issue with the basic home garden is that whenever your crop is ready for picking that's when it's at its cheapest at the supermarket because everyone can grow it any yeah, idiot exactly, can grow it right exactly. if you can do it then then it's being done commercially <laughs> would you say that's an obsession of yours because you're very good with plants you have lots of plants i have lots of plants but i uh, no, i wouldn't say i'm obsessed by them uh-huh. like i don't go out of my way to give them names or and there are times when i go oh i really should have watered you last week so you talk to them but, no no <laughs> but just sitting here <laughs> there's six there's six plants in this room mm, yes there is uh, yes, there I, I don't is. know when that happened I, I don't know when that happened sorry okay so is that maybe part of an addiction is is you're unaware of Un- the, the oh, creep well it could be <laughs> could we, um, no I was really big in gardening home gardening for a long time but now I pretty much grow asparagus and pineapple and Mr Next Door's taken over my love, other 11 veggie beds mm. um do, do obsessions and addictions come and go? I think they do, yeah. And I think that they're impacted by your age and your stage and all of those kind of things. Because even as a, a teenager, like I was obsessed with my hair and I'm, I'm still a little you bit obsessed are. with my hair. You still are. Nothing's changed there. But it was like I had to be at the hairdressers like every sort of two to three weeks. Like it was, it was a bit chronic. And then it got to a point where... That was no longer a priority for me. Financially, I couldn't afford to be living at the hairdressers. Um, but also, I, I didn't have the time to invest in just sitting there in the hairdressers for, for hair. Like So I think that that level of importance then kind of waned and I moved on to something else. Even when I went through my cow addiction stage, I was full on addicted to black and white cows from probably 1992 to 98, I want to say. No, I'm saying it was a bit later um, than that. Well, I was full on obsessed. Like I was still getting cow paraphernalia for birthdays beyond that, but obsessed. Like I couldn't walk past a cow print anything in any store without, without actually buying it. Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, that was an obsession. And yeah, very, very niche because I didn't care for brown cows. I didn't care for for cream. It was only black and white. It's all I cared about. Okay. Yeah, yeah. See, I, I knew you during part of your cow stage, <laughs> but I didn't know the subtlety of it. That's right. It's very nuanced. Yeah. Wow, yep. yeah. yeah. I'm amazed by that. <laughs> so do you have any good resources or, or anything like that? I mean, again, you've you've already spoken about how you've got this, this amazing personality where you can just go, nope, this isn't for me anymore. Um, but I can't do it with everything. No. I could just do it with those things that needed to be done. Mm-hmm. Like I couldn't do it with chocolate. No. Why would you? Exactly. 
Mm. Why would you? But I would encourage anyone if you are, um, if you feel like you have something that's that's holding you down or holding you back or that's impacting your relationship with yourself or with other people, I would encourage you to to have a bit of a chat, get a referral from your doctor, talk to a psychologist. There's also specialised services that you can access, but it's really just about putting your hand up and going. I don't think I'm okay here. Um, and that's okay. It's, it's perfectly wonderful. And it's it's so good if you can come to that conclusion yourself rather than your loved ones starting to notice and suffer and, and have to have that Oh, yeah. That if it's affecting talk. you that you can't function without it, whatever it might be, mm. um, d- daily, or if you can't not think about it daily, then maybe just have a little look and see, is this being a problem? Am I foregoing something else in my life because of this? Yeah. Yeah, something else suffering. So, yeah, absolutely. And uh, again, if you feel like sharing any of your stories or any of your obsessions or addictions, then hit us up on our socials, which is Delusions of Grandeur podcast on Instagram and Spotify. No, Instagram and Facebook. Yes. But we are on Spotify. We are totes on Spotify. We're also on Audible and Amazon Music and Apple Podcast and Blueberry. We're like, we're everywhere. Everywhere. Except OnlyFans. And while we've been sitting here chatting, a song has popped into my head and it's by a band called An Emotion uh, and it's called Obsession. And the the line is, is you're my obsession. Mm. Mm. Well, what are we talking about next week? What what are we not obsessing about until then? Um, so next week is actually, when we touched on it a little bit today, is about books. Oh, awesome. Well, it actually, it's we're posing the question and we're asking are books relevant? Oh, that's going to be a very short podcast. The answer is yes. And see, I have a very different opinion on mm, books. Well, let's discuss that next week then, shall we? I can't wait to, to open that and turn another page. <laughs> on the- <laughs> oh, they're coming thick and fast now. Awesome. We'll catch you then. Bye. Bye.